Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. We're so glad to have you here today. And it is a, 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 a joy for me to uh, be speaking to such a great congregation. Turn to the person uh, beside you and say, Marty preaches better when I'm here. You know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the pastor that showed up at church on a Monday and there was a dead mule in the churchyard? And so he, he called the police thinking it must have been some kind of foul play and they came over and investigated. It wasn't a foul play. They said, I want you to call the health department. He called the health department and said, well, that's really out of our purview. It's an animal, so you need to call the sanitation department. And the sanitation department said, well, they said, um, we've been... Uh, instructed by the mayor that all uh, of our activities has to have the approval or the authorization from the mayor's office. And the pastor just rolled his eyes because he knew that that, that, the mayor just did not like him, that he was a hothead, that he was just uh, ran and raved about all that. He just dreaded calling him. But he called him anyway and said, hey, got this dead mule over in the church. Yeah. And the, the mayor started ranting and raving, hot timber, just let him have it for about five minutes. And finally he said, he's pastor, he said, you're responsible for burying the dead. Why don't you take care of it? And that pastor said, thought for a minute, he said, well, he said, my first responsibility is to notify the next of kin. <laughs> uh, some of you will get that later. <laughs> Well, today we're continuing our series called Expect Great Things. You know, how would your life be different if you went into work on Tuesday expecting something great at work? How would your life be different if you went home and you expected something great at home, maybe in your spouse or maybe in your parents or maybe in yourself? How would your life be different? Too many times, instead of expecting something great, uh, we enter into... Uh, a situation or circumstance with realistic expectations. You know, we, we do that. Uh, we go in and we want to lower the bar just so that maybe we're not disappointed. I believe God has a better life for you. This year, I want you to expect great things. Too many times we get stuck in the ordinary when really God wants to do something extraordinary. We, we get stuck praying just to get through something, maybe help to manage a problem or manage an addiction when God wants to set us free. I want you to start thinking new thoughts. You know, today we're starting our last week, uh, final week of 21 days of prayer. And as I I prayed over the, uh, the hundreds of cards, really the hundreds of cards. And over and over, I see some, something similar. I see Uh, prayers for families because all of us just really uh, we have this heart for our families I mean just here's just some random ones I pray for my son who's relapsed and he's 19 years old drinking and using drugs you can tell this is a mom right here because he's taking risk with his life that's that's from a mom for sure Uh, here's an eight-year-old diagnosed with cancer I just I just want peace um I uh, pray for my, my marriage. It's in a very dark and broken place. 
and here's what broke my heart. I, I've stopped believing that it's going to get better. Um, pray for my anxiety. Pray, uh, I need to know how to let go of toxic things. I, I don't feel anything but hurt. Um, pray for alcoholism and, and uh, God help me to uh, hear your voice above the noise of the world. I thought that was interesting. And just over and over, uh, God, help see our country through this hardship. I thought that, that's a prayer that we all need to pray, especially this week. I mean, tomorrow's Martin Luther King Day, and we know that Martin Luther King stood for freedom and called us to come together. You know, and, and what we see in, in our nation is not that, and we need to come together, and we need to stand together. Another thing, on, on Wednesdays, uh, the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, we need to stand together praying for pro-life judges and pro-life laws in our nation, that we stand uh, for the unborn. Yes, when I say pray for our country, we can get through this. I believe that. I believe that our nation can get through this. But here's what I know. Whether it's our nation, whether it's our, our cities, our, our communities, if it's our family, here's what I know. It's going to take prayer. Prayer's the key. Look, we're honest. As I go through this message, I want you to just realize that we're honest. That I know that uh, relationships in your family really matter. And I also know that every family has issues. There's nobody perfect in this place. We all have issues. We get frustrated with one another. Sometimes we, we cross the line. Other times we get our feelings hurt. Maybe we say too much or maybe sometimes we don't say enough. You know, Patty and I don't have a perfect family. I mean, we don't have breakfast devotionals every day. We don't pray together every night. Uh, we don't always listen to contemporary Christian music in the car. We don't have framed verses uh, all throughout our house. Our children don't wake up in the morning and call us blessed. No, they call us some other things, but not that. And for years, what we have learned is this, that family life can be messy and parenting is hard. Parenting's hard. I mean, some of you are just trying to... Uh, to change diapers and get uh, bedtime routines together. And you're thinking, if I can ever get through this phase, man, my life will be so much better. And it will be. But it's still hard. You finally get to the uh, elementary school and everything's perfect. But you know what? Middle school's coming. <laughs> yeah. And, and you'll say, man, parenting is so hard. And then high school comes, and then you think, finally, I am done with parenting. My kids are in college. Oh, no, not at all. Then you've got to learn how to parent through that. And then you've got to learn how to parent uh, who are age adults, but not really adults. And you've got to try to learn how to do it. It's hard. You know what's not hard? Grandparenting. Yesterday, we had the, grand, the grandkids over to the house, and, and, um, and they were just like, kept on hitting the pantry, and I'm, I was expecting Patty to say, y'all put that down. We've got a lunchtime coming just in a few minutes. You're not getting anything, but she just threw open the pantry. Have at it. You want some more sugar? They were eating ice cream at 11 a.m. Dinner's at noon. That is the truth. She said, just fill them up with sugar. Send them home. 
What y'all don't know, the funniest thing about that line is that her grandma's name is Sugar. So that's why. So, but here's what we know. When we look at family, we know that the most important thing that you can give your family is prayer. I really believe that. We've been married over 37 years. I really believe that's the most important thing. Here's the point. Prayer is the most important gift that you can give your family. It's the most important gift that you can give any relationship. You know, some guys spend more time choosing an engagement ring than they do praying over the person that they're going to marry. Some ladies choose, uh, spend more time choosing a wedding dress than praying over the, the groom that they're going to marry. And I realize that, that prayer can be intimidating sometimes, and, and you may come into Stevens Creek, and, and this is just overwhelming to you. I said, I just want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to understand that prayer is about a conversation. It's about carving out time for you to have a conversation with the Lord, just to talk to Him. It's about you inviting Him into your life and, and listening to His promptings along the way. You see, I believe that, that all of our families can grow stronger and better when we pray Four prayers. Here's the first one. I want you to pray for a vibrant faith. I believe that you can have a vibrant faith when you put God first in your life. This is January, and an important part of January is creating uh, resolutions and making spiritual declarations. I want you to, to declare that God is going to be first in my life this year. I'm going to put God first. Have you done that? Have you invited God to be the, the leader and the Lord of your life? Invite him in. Say, Jesus, lead me and guide me. I tell you, when you do that, it's like that the fog lifts. It's like that you can see things more clearly. It's like that the darkness goes away, that you have this new set of eyes. When you put God first, it's like you have a new vision, a vibrant faith. You start to see him differently. When you open your life to God, it's like somebody turned on the light. This is the message of John chapter 8 and verse 12. It says, I am the light of the world, and if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You'll have the light that leads to life. Have you ever felt like you're stumbling through the darkness, that you're just stumbling around? that you really don't know where you're going. You know, when you stumble around in the darkness, very practically, you're going to get hurt. When you stumble around in the darkness, you're going to make all kinds of mistakes. But when you're in the light, things get clearer. And I believe that if you're going to win in life, if you're going to win in your family... If you're going to win at work, you need to turn on the light. You need to allow God to shine his light and bring clarity and bring, bring direction. I, I meet so many people that, that they're so confused about life. They're confused about where they need to go. They're confused about relationships. Uh, they're confused about uh, their life uh, goals. They're confused about that. They don't have any purpose at all. And when I hear them struggle with that, I, I realize... That they're not keyed into God at that moment. Because you need to understand that God is not a God of confusion. But God is a God of peace. 
Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians when he says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And the the further you're away from God, the more confused about life you're going to be. But here's the point. The closer to God you get, the less confused you're going to be. When you get close to God, you're gonna get clarity. You're gonna get clarity about your life. You're gonna get clarity about your relationships. You're gonna get clarity about your purpose, about your work. Sometimes people say, Marty, I never see God in my life. I mean, you, you may be seeing, but I never see God. I don't see any miracles. I don't see God do anything. Could it be that at that moment that you just have a closed mind? Could it be that you've never even gone to that place that you would open your mind to the possibility that there is a power that is greater than yourself, that you've never opened your mind to the possibility that God is real and that he wants to have a relationship with you? I realize some of you are struggling with things like this. I just want you to be open. Because when you open your life to Jesus, you will see things differently. When you open your life to him, you'll start to see his activity. And you'll see uh, things more clearly. I said there's four prayers I want you to pray. Here's the second one. I want you to pray for a stable home. God, give me a stable home. If families really matter and you want your children to flourish, I think you need to focus on creating a stable environment for your kids. Now, let me say this. A stable home can be very boring. It can be very boring. It it involves developing a routine. It involves about creating order. Remember, I said God is not a God of confusion, but God is a God of order. Now, I'll have to be honest with you. There have been seasons in our lives that our house was out of order, that our house was filled with chaos, Now, when the church was smaller, when we were meeting in Stevens Creek Elementary School, now, so many times people will say, it must be really stressful pastoring a a church as large as Stevens Creek, and and it does have its stresses. But let me tell you something. Sometimes it's much harder pastoring a small church because you don't have the resources. I've got a team of people uh, that... uh, that put this on, that work uh, along. And if you see great things at Stevens Creek, it's because of the team that's working behind the scenes. And so back in the day, we didn't have that. And so Patty and I were doing a lot of different things. And we moved into Stevens Creek School and uh, we were burning the candle at both ends and we were working hard on Sundays, setting up, tearing down, all of that kind of stuff that goes along with not having enough volunteers and resources and all that. Well, by the time Monday morning rolled around, we were worn out. We were worn out. And so um, by the end of that first year, Sarah had gone to school. Now, Stuart's teacher didn't mind. But she ended that year with over 40 tardies. Now, they probably wouldn't let you do that these days. They'd probably call and say, Maury, we need to talk. We need to have a parent conference with you. And... And here's the problem with that. We were just out of order. We were just overwhelmed with, um, we were burning the candle at both ends and we were unreal, uh, we didn't, we were unrealistic on something. Here's why. Because the bus stopped in front of our house. The bus stopped in front of our house. All we had to do is say, open the door and push them out. Get on the bus. 
But we wanted to be that, we've been listening to fa- focus on the family. We wanted to be those spiritual people. We wanted to have, create opportunities for our kids to have a conversation on the way to school. You know, we were living in that kind of world. And so we were living in, uh, in denial of reality there. And so there have been seasons that we are out of control. Now, some of you are out of control right now. Some of you are burning the candle at both ends because you have taken on more things than you can handle. In every season of life, if you have kids that you're trying to get to school or if you're just uh, trying to move through a, a certain project at work or whatever, there's the times where you are overwhelmed by your events. You take on more than you can handle. Here's what I would say. As you take on more projects... Just ask yourself, what, am, what are you going to let go of? What are you going to let go? Now, there are seasons that are busy seasons, and you just have to embrace the grind, and you have to get through it. But there are other seasons that, that just are pointing to the fact that you need to make some decisions about your schedule. And the whole prayer of creating a stable home means that you are going to release some things. You're going to stop doing some things. Now, one thing I want you to start doing is I want you to look at your life and I want you to minimize the, the drama. Here's the point. Strong families minimize the drama and maximize the routine. You know, what creates drama in your life? What creates drama in your life mainly is unrealistic ex- expectations. I mean, you're just not living in reality there. And so just be practical about that. Um, Absentee spouses create drama. Absentee parents create drama. When you're checked out of your family, drama happens. When you look the other way, instead of focusing on something, drama happens. When your refrigerator looks like a fraternity keg party, drama happens. When you're having adult sleepovers, drama happens. Just let that set just a minute. Did he really say that? I did. I did. Look, your family doesn't need drama. Your family needs stability. I believe that you can be the most influential person in your child's life. But you've got to work to create that. And, and that's why I say pray for that, that, stable, that stable environment that stable home. Here's the third thing. I want you to pray for a strong work ethic. In Colossians 3 and 23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. As a parent, I pray to give my children an opportunity to be tested and succeed. We've got to allow our kids to be in a place where they're tested. And it is so hard, even at this stage in our parenting not to rescue our kids. And to those of you who are people of means, and there are many people in this room that have means to rescue, I just want you to be careful. Because just maybe that test that they're going through is a test that they need to sharpen their skills and to help them become the people or the, uh, that God has called them to be. And so we as parents, we want to give our children the opportunity to be tested, and we want to give them the resources to succeed 
And it's hard sometimes. Because I want to jump in and rescue. I want to jump in and make the pain go away. I want to jump in and give them a better life. When really maybe their pathway to a better life is going through some challenges and through testing along the way. You know, when I was growing up, my dad modeled discipline. We talk about a work ethic. My dad modeled this. There are times in, in our lives that he worked three different jobs because he had this thing. He said, I just want my kids to have a better life than uh, what I had when I was growing up. I think so many times we all have that thought. I just want our kids to have a better life. And so he worked hard. And he modeled what it means to be disciplined. I know so many people don't like the word discipline because it's not really a fun word. But I believe that discipline is the very key that will unlock the door of success in your life. Discipline is the key to a uh, to sustained life change. Listen to the words of Proverbs chapter 10 when it says, People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. God has a plan for our lives, but... But we've got to understand that often that plan involves being a disciple or being disciplined in our approach. So discipline is doing the difficult things now so that you can enjoy the benefits later. Discipline is doing those difficult things now so that you can enjoy the benefits later. Now, if you don't like the word discipline, and, and so many of us don't, but if you don't like the word discipline, I'm going to give you another word that, you may be, that may be more palatable for you. It's the word habits. Habit. What kind of habits do you have? For better or for worse, whether we like it or not, our life is defined by our habits. And our habits are very important. And so I want you to look at your habits and the reason that we're in 21 days of prayer, and we do this at the beginning of the year and also in August, we do that because we want you to develop some spiritual habits. We believe that if you'll develop a spiritual habit of carving out time for God and having that conversation and putting yourself in a place where you can hear those responses and those promptings and develop that habit, it will put you on the path that you need to be on. I want you to grow closer to the Lord. And for some of this to happen, you've got to change what you're doing. You've got to turn toward him. You've got to strip off some things. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, and especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with perseverance the race that God has before us. Now, typically, there are two things that keep us from becoming the, um, all that God wants us to become. The first one is sins. Now, we all know what, or most of us know what sin is. It's missing the mark. It's, it's not doing those things that we know we're supposed to do or doing those things that we should not be doing. We get that. So when we read this, let us strip off those, those sins that so easily trip us up. Inside. We get that. But then we see the weights that slow us down. Well, what are weights? 
Weights are the things that slow you down. They can be good things, but they still slow you down. It's these things, these weights that are keeping you back, that are holding you back from a better life. A weight can be a relationship. It's a good relationship, but it's just simply holding you back. A weight can be a job. Now, it's a good job, but it's holding you back. It can be an activity. It can be an expectation. It can be a fear. It can be a memory. It can be whatever. It is those things in your life that's holding you back. Now, you need to understand that these things are not necessarily wrong, but they just may not be necessary. And I am praying that God's going to give you a strong work ethic and that he'll give you the discipline to say no to the things that you should stop doing and say yes to the other things that you need to start doing. You've got to say some no to some good things and so greatness can come in your life. I am expecting great things in your life. I'm expecting great things in this church. And sometimes we've got to let the good things go so that the greatness can come in. Now, here's my last one. I want to uh, pray for an opportunity to make a difference. I want to pray for an opportunity to make a difference. God has given each one of you talents, and he's given you abilities. And along with those, he's given you spiritual gifts. And I pray that you'll use those talents and abilities and opportunities and spiritual gifts to make this world a better place. Now, that's a big thing, but how about this? Let's bring it to make our world a better place. Maybe that starts by when we go to lunch today and we interact with the server that may be serving us today. What can we do to make our world a better place? Well, first of all, we can be nice to people. We can be kind to people. We say it here all the time. Be nice to people. Just be nice. I believe that is a missing ingredient to a fulfilled life. Got to be kind to people. Be nice to people. Don't be a jerk. Not with a Stephen Street shirt on. (laughs) Turn it inside out. Be a jerk then. But don't wear our brand and be a jerk. Be nice to people. That's funny, but it's true. And I just want to instill in our families the importance of serving one another. Now, when our kids were small, when, and Stuart and Sarah were small, Patty every week would uh, get our kids, and along with Cindy Lytle, uh, and they would go visit the nursing homes. Early on, she was trying to teach our kids the importance of serving and giving back. We see that, and then she incorporated not only just those weekly visits to a nursing home, but then we started going to the Church of God Orphanage, the home for children, and we've supported that for years. And just that heart to teach them to help people who are under-resourced and people who are hurting. I think about those boxes, those Teddy Graham boxes that many of you donated supplies to the a children's medical center over Christmas. It's, it's doing activities like that, that you're teaching your kids that we're helping other kids who are hurting. 
You know, we received a, a, several comments or a little thank you notes for those boxes that you did. One of the boxes really moved and touched my heart. She said, I'm a creaker. And last year, I made a box for the kids at the medical, Children's Medical Center over Christmas, never dreaming that I would be the recipient of one of those boxes this Christmas. Mm. So we pray that, that we establish this heart of serving. That's why we say we're going to love God, we're going to love people, we're going to serve the world. And maybe it's serving right here uh, at the creek in our children's ministry, our youth ministries, and the small groups. Maybe it's serving at the South Campus, and we're going to be launching that um, in March. Maybe it's serving in our Dream Center. It may be serving the, the widow that's down the road or maybe that single mom. Maybe it's visiting somebody in the hospital or sending a card or buying groceries for a family in need. Maybe it's a need that, you, that God will bring you, to you this week. Here's the point. I want you to find a need and I want you to fill it. I want you to find a need and I want you to fill it because there are opportunities to serve all around you. And I'm praying that God will somehow prompt you and give you that opportunity to help somebody, to serve somebody. And when you do that, you're gonna see the blessings. You're gonna see the blessings come on you and your kids, and you're gonna see God's favor. Now, last week I shared with you the opportunity to serve South Augusta with the acquisition of the Dream Center property and and the church that goes along with that. You know, I talked to you about that immediate facility need, and it's a look. Each day, it seems like there's something else, and, and this is a, it's a big project. It, it is really a big project. Probably several hundred thousand dollars in addition to the mortgage that's needed there. But I shared that need, and, um, and you know that we didn't, this was one of those opportunities that was given to us that when we set our budget for 2020, we didn't know about this. And so the budget was enacted and, and, uh, and now this opportunity came up. And, and, you know, we set this goal that we have two loans on the church and we've just been radically eliminating debt here at Stevens Street, just radically doing that. And so we call it loan A and loan B. And, and uh, one of them uh, was like uh, 24 uh, months, 28 months ago, we owed like on one of them like four point five plus million dollars and that's down to like 3.9 and the other one was like a 1.6 and and it's down to like two hundred seventy thousand dollars now you know just and that's all in the last 28 months so we just radically focused so this opportunity comes and i'm thinking okay got to put all that on hold so i shared the need after after sharing the need last week somebody came up to me and said so uh you need a roof down the dream center said, I, I work with a company that we make can help, and so we'll find out this week how much that company can do to help. Another person said, hey, so the South Campus, he said, you, needed, you said they needed uh, $27,000. He said, it's going to take more than that. And boy, he was right. But what he did, he handed me a check for $35,000 to go toward the, the Dream Center. Amen. <laughs> what... I later found out is that $35,000, 
that was in a, a, their savings account that they had been saving to renovate their house. They were going to renovate their bathrooms. And that they just made a decision that they could live with their current house and their situation. Um, um, and they would rather see that money to go to help other people. And so they brought the check and I just laid hands, I just prayed and I prayed the scriptures over them. God uh, returned this to them 30, 60 and 100 fold. Well, God let your blessing come. I said, let your, this is a blessing and God, I ask that you'd return the blessing. Well, that blessing came back to that family this week with a, a unique blessing, a, somewhat of a windfall to the point where uh, yesterday he met with me and said, you know that loan A, that $270,000? Here's a check to pay that off, $270,000. And so that loan A has been, will be erased on Tuesday. Amen. And it just reminds me that when we plant that seed, that God does immeasurably more than we ask or even imagine. And honestly, you know, I've, I've received this blessing of this opportunity in South Augusta. But there's a part of me that was saying, okay, we're going to have to put things, we're going to slow down on Stevens Creek Road a little bit. And the Lord is saying, Marty, you need to expect great things. You need to know um, that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and that God will supply. And I just want you to understand that what God is doing in this church with this unusual generosity, and there's more to come. Because God is gonna show to this community the power of his resources. And that we're pushing back the darkness and we're declaring that, that people matter to God. And if they matter to God, they're gonna matter to this church. And here's what I want you to understand. That what God is doing for this church, God wants to do for you as an individual that you are his people, you are his church, and God is concerned about you. He's concerned about your life. He's concerned about your kids. He's concerned about your family. And when you see these answers to these prayers that we have diligently prayed and we have been disciplined in our approach, that God opens up the windows in, of heaven and does something that we didn't expect, God is doing the same, preparing the same thing for you and your family, that God is going to surprise you with his kindness. He's going to surprise you with his favor and his goodness. So I just challenge you to open up your heart, and I challenge you uh, to lay it all out, just like we talked, and to spread it out and say, God, come and move in my life and move in my family. I want you to receive what God has for you. God is here to exceed your expectations. And so I'm going to end just like I ended last week by asking you a question. What do you want from God? What do you need from God today? We're going to pray and we're going to believe that God is going to hear and God is going to answer. I mean, if you fill out these cards, we're going to continue to pray. But there are some that right now that you just have this burden. We're going to pray and we're going to ask God to have mercy and to bring help in your life. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your hands and do like this. This is just a, a physical way to say, I receive. I'm receiving. So Father, in the name of Jesus, 
We believe that you have all power and authority. We believe that you have healing in your hands. We believe, God, that you have salvation in your hands, that you have deliverance and freedom. Father, we believe that, uh, that you have the ability to change uh, our work situation and change the, the problems we're faced with. So we give them to you. And we're asking you to come, Lord. Come and move in us and move in this church. And as a way uh, to say we uh, believe that you're going to do this, we put our hands out and we say, God, I receive what you have for me. I receive this in Jesus' name. I receive help. I receive strength. I receive an answer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Let's give him praise. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.